Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerbach. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, we are back to our mixer today. Yeah, there's all this pressure to not jostle anything. It's, it's interesting. So we tried a few weeks ago to do an outdoor podcast at my house. And we were um, stymied by technical problems, and so I put it away and didn't pull it out today, but I had my son here to help me figure it out today. However, I'm the one who figured it out. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. He was getting really frustrated. He changed out all the cords. We uninstalled and reinstalled GarageBand. We did so many things. You'll have to tell me later what it ended up being so we don't take up all of our time. (laughs) It was an input thing. It was, oh my gosh. I don't know. It was a selection and preferences. It was stupid. Doesn't it? This it was is so a dumb. week of people, like asking people to help you with things that they should be knowledgeable about and then ending up having to figure it out on your own. That's That's been my week. Like with plumbing, I, I figured out a plumbing thing myself after a plumber came and went. But you did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I mean, it's not great, but it works. So. <laughs> I mean... If it works, it's functional. That's all you really need, huh? So we are outside, social distancing, six feet apart, and recording our podcast. Yep, Yep. here we are. We're so tired of Zoom. I'm so tired of Zoom. I cannot stand it. I am, on one hand, completely used to it now, so I don't mind it so much, but it it is tiring. And then you just get, like, stiff, and you're stuck in these weird like positions mm-hmm. that you're sitting in and all of that so and you're trying to smile and not pick your nose and yeah, all these things I, I find that my face hurts afterwards yes I'm smiling unnaturally yes and and I'm acutely aware of how much I touch my face and yeah. scratch my nose and all those right, things because you can see yourself yes it's horrible <laughs> I hate seeing myself um I have a I've converted my pharmacology class over to zoom so that's coming up in a couple weeks and then in October, I have a board meeting for Meek Midwifery Education Accreditation Commission or Council. Council. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget every time, I, and it's it's for it's three and a half days on Zoom. Oh my word! It's going to be horrible. Like eight hour days? No, like nine to two or nine to three oh, or something like that. That's still horrid. Horrible. Oh, ew. I know. <laughs> I know. I did a two day board meeting for the. Uh, ACIH, I'm now forgetting what that stands for, Integrated Healthcare Board, that I'm also on, sort of an ancillary board to Meek, but, um, oh, I didn't know that. It's, they needed a representative for Meek, and I said I would do that, and then it turns out it was a full board position, so then I had to join the board. Oh, wow. It's not as much work. Meek is a lot of work, but, um, anyway. That was two days was really hard. This is yeah. going to be really hard. Yeah. yeah, And it doesn't fill your cup the same way. Going to meetings and retreats and conferences right. is very, yes. it's tiring and it's a lot of work, but it's also yes. so I miss filling. conferences yeah. and sharing meals and yeah, it's totally not the same at all. No, <laughs> no. So anyway, um, so today we thought we would talk about what we wish we knew basically when we were new parents, as we started our first journey, and sometimes our second or third, like sometimes I didn't figure stuff out till Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I don't think I was really great at it until my fourth. And, <laughs> you know, like, it was so great. I mean, not that I'm still perfect, you know, I'm not. But, um, but it was so much easier. You didn't feel, you felt confident your fourth time. I felt confident. And I don't know if it was age. I think age had something to do with it. But it was just like. I don't know. All the things that mattered early on are just not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. So right. If, if we could only impart right. this knowledge to 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds. <laughs> I know. So so hence our hope. This is yes. our hope today is to try to, yeah. you know, give you a little insight into, you know, mm -hmm. if, we, if we could do our first baby after our third or fourth, how that would be different. So what's one thing that you would do differently or that what what's one thing that you feel like, oh, I wish I knew that now um, or then? I mean, there's a lot of things, but one is that I stressed out a lot, which a lot of people do about how much the baby is sleeping and trying to keep them on a feeding schedule and having them go to sleep on their own, like that whole that whole thing where they have to feed on a schedule and go to sleep on their own. And by the way, it's like impossible. Like how does a baby go to sleep on their own? <laughs> so, you know, we did all of the things like even I did cry it out for like an hour <laughs> for like an hour, you know, and it was like the worst hour of my life. So, um, you know, just like, that's not a big deal. Like holding your baby. So they go to sleep with you. Uh, that's nature. It's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I feel like this lesson didn't come to me with my first so much because my first was a great sleeper. Oh, he was oh. that baby that you could just lay him down and he would go to sleep and stay asleep. Oh yeah. The first time he slept through the night, he was six weeks old. Oh my gosh. I know that's just, it's a unicorn baby. My first baby was very difficult, so mm -hmm. um, I think that I think mm -hmm. it just like helped everything else be easier after, after that. that yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to do some of that with my second baby and realize that not all babies do what my first baby did easily. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was okay. I was all on board with attachment parenting and all of that, but right. I do feel like I maybe had some overconfidence as I can be prone to have. My first baby it was so great. Yes. Really yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard that saying that, uh, how does it go? Something like God gives you a second child so that you don't take too much blame or too much credit or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That was true for, yeah. <laughs> was true for us. Um, so I feel so bad disparaging Liam because he's <laughs> suffering through boot camp yes. right now. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor Do you feel like you were influenced by family because that was part of my thing my um mostly like the in-laws side just like you know we're from a really traditional strict. family strict yeah don't let the children manipulate you yeah you know and I was 22 mm -hmm. when I had my first baby so I feel like when you're really young like that it's really easy to be influenced by mm -hmm. the older people in your life I don't think I was that and again that's just my personality mm -hmm. I tend to be confident I tend to think that I know better <laughs> <laughs> I've always tended to think that so you know that confidence that like 18 19 year olds have I've, I've had that forever so wow. I don't think I was influenced I, do, I don't think I feel felt a lot of pressure in fact I kind of liked 
not doing what they You're expected like, me ah, to. I yeah. Can do what I want. Yeah. That's great. And that's something I've kind of tapped into when I've taught younger parents, like teen parents or you know, early twenties mm-hmm. is to tap into that. And like, you're the mama, you're the dad, yeah. you're the partner, you know, and really encourage them not to, to, to just find their own power. That's great. I yeah. love it. So, so that one wasn't so much for, uh, for me, although certainly the idea that they don't, don't have to be sleeping in the crib oh. on their back. <laughs> I know. I know. That was such a learning to be okay with bed sharing mm-hmm. was like, it saved my life. Mm-hmm. Well, we have like, this society societal yeah. script that you'll yeah. ruin your marriage, and oh yeah, and that was a thing too. Like he yeah. was like this, like you have to have the child in the other room with the door closed. Right. Like your bedroom door has to be closed, right. which mean, is actually not recommended even by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I mean, it's just I was like, uh, no. So we never got any farther than the child being in a crib, like in the same room, mm-hmm. but. Um, no, it's just like it works so much better if you just allow things to flow with nature. Mm-hmm. And nature is that you sleep with your baby. Right. Yeah. And and that's actually true. If you look mm-hmm. at, you know, different biological markers mm-hmm. and things like that, the fact that CCK is produced by and during breastfeeding, both for the parent, the lactating person and the baby, uh, it causes you to be sleepy. Therefore, right. that's the right thing to do. Right. I'm all about kind of taking it back to the, you know, the way that nature intended it to be. Right. Yeah. Which brings me to one of my first early regrets or okay. what I wish I knew was that I didn't need to circumcise. <gasps> oh, you son. brought out the big one. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you when your first baby was born? 24. Okay. So, um, I mean, my first baby mercifully was a girl and... I say that because I think I probably would have done it because I was in that place again as a 22 year old where I was going, I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times. I'm going to let the dad decide because he's the one with the Mm -hmm. penis, Mm -hmm. right? Classic. Yes. (laughs) And so that's where I was at. And then by the time the second one came around five years later, I was like, uh, no way <laughs> am I letting anybody else decide anything about it. Because you baby. had some exposure yes. to the natural birth world mm-hmm. and yeah. things like yeah. that by then. Mm-hmm. I just was so mired in the mainstream. I mean, I already kind of live close to the middle. You know, I'm not, I'm not super crunchy. I mean, I'm crunchy enough that I have home births. I'm a midwife. I cloth diapered. Mm-hmm. We eat primarily organic, but we eat out all the time. Like, you know, right. there's just a lot of things that I do do and a lot of things that I don't do. Mm-hmm. And um, for every crunchy thing I do, there's one crunchy, non-crunchy thing I do too. So mm-hmm. to me, it was something I just didn't even really question. Right. And he was born in 97 and it was in 96 or 97, right before he was born, that the AAP changed their recommendation. So they used to recommend it for medical purposes. And mm-hmm. then they said there's no medical purposes, but people might choose to do it for cultural purposes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think I missed the boat. Like it was still just pretty across the board being recommended yeah. by physicians. I remember and- when my first one was born that it was, it felt like the beginning of a shift. And I remember... Even then, you know, even though I wasn't, like, super involved in the natural birth community, I did know a couple people 
And it, you know, enough that I mean, I, you took Bradley classes. Yeah, I, I took Bradley classes, and of course, my Bradley teacher was adamantly opposed to circumcision. And I had a couple friends that did natural birth, and uh, but I remember hearing, by the time our babies are grown, it's going to be normal to not be circumcised. But I was still like, what? Like they're going to be weird, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right? I mean, it just yeah. seemed like a really. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't give it much thought at all. Yeah. And I don't really remember anybody asking me. Oh, interesting. I do remember asking, I guess I do remember asking the pediatrician at our meet and greet before I had the baby, will you do the circumcision? And the pediatrician said, no, the OB will do the circumcision. Oh. They're surgeons. Trust me, you want them to do it. Oh, interesting. Is what, what she said. Oh. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, uh, and it was done at the hospital. Like at 24 hours or something? Yeah, or 36 maybe. Oh, okay. Probably after the first 24 hours, but before we went yeah. home. And I feel like we went home around 48. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. So much regret. Yeah. It is probably, if I have to look back over the past 23 years, there's a long list of things I regret. Sure. Um, but that's probably the biggest because it's the least reversible. Right. It's, not. it's definitive and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big decision to make yeah. for a person that can't speak for themselves. So yeah. That's and hard. and there's no medical benefits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about it could potentially reduce the transmission of STIs, mm-hmm. uh, which could be true. But we know there's lots of ways to reduce transmission of STIs, such as using a condom. Right. <laughs> so it's possible that, um, you know, there's this kind of ancillary benefit, but... Um, but certainly in terms of kind of, they used to just make it sound like you couldn't be clean if you weren't circumcised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it, or that it would be, make you sexually undesirable Mm -hmm. or, you know, lots and lots of messaging around that. And, uh, you know, at the risk of oversharing, I have sexually active children and it does not actually seem to be a problem. Doesn't seem to be a problem. No. <laughs> and I wish I didn't know that, but I do. And so I can only assure you that it is a different world it than it was. It is actually very reassuring, even though it's totally ago. weird to know I know, these things. I know, I know. You know, as my uncircumcised boys... Intact. You know. Oh, is it? Oh, because it's Intact. normalizing. Normalizing circumcision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as my intact boys grow, you know, it's, it's comforting to know that. I mean, we just want our children yes. to find love and happiness. We want and them to have a We don't necessarily want them to have life. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's, that's kind of the top of my list is that yeah. I wish I had not done that. And it, it is the way that I tell, the way that I counsel people now is that, you know, there are families that have religious preferences and I mean, religious dictates, you know, there's. Some people have a religious obligation to do it, and that is something that is between you and God and mm-hmm. not, I, you know, I can't counsel you on that. Right. But if you don't have that religious obligation, including Christians who do not have that religious obligation, yeah, um, then it becomes cosmetic surgery. Right. And so, you know, yeah. I just think that's, when you really kind of look at it that way, it's, it yeah. changes the perspective. It is, yeah. And and I can attest to the fact that, uh, you know, the argument about boys looking like their dads, mm-hmm. it, it matters not because they 
don't look like their dads anyway. Right. Like it, right. A baby a, penis a, looks nothing right. like a grown-up grown penis. Up man penis is totally yes. different. And but I can testify that it wasn't a problem. Did anybody even mention it? Like ever. <laughs> my kids, it's funny because my, so my oldest is circumcised, my second two are not, and then my nephew isn't, and they never mentioned anything until they were all four in the bathroom one day, and they said, Mason's penis is different. They didn't even notice that my oldest was different, and he, I do think he got a really good circumcision because his, he had quite a lot of foreskin. Oh, good. Um... I do think the OB for that. Yeah. Um, and in, in fact, it would sort of sometimes try to re-adhere because he was so fat and that little fat pad would <laughs> push the skin forward. Oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Oh, he'll die. He'll die. <laughs> he will die a thousand times. You'll have deaths. to block him on social media from this post. Like he did me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, it would try to reattach because it wants to be, the glands wants to be protected. Right. Right, so it goes back to, as with all these things, like what did nature intend right, right. to happen here? And right, and really, just if nothing else, if you're on the fence and you're not sure, do your research. I highly recommend that you watch one, because that I, you, I think that you can't turn a blind eye from what's going to happen to your baby. Yeah, agreed. So, and it's getting old now, but Penn and Teller have a great. Um, episode it's the show is called bullshit so now I have to make this explicit <laughs> but um, it's on YouTube Penn and Teller the magicians um, they have a show where they debunk certain things that you know of course there's things on there that I don't agree with like they don't like recycling apparently but um, but they do what? bring in a, I know <laughs> I'm having a moment right now so, oh, because it's not because it makes such a tiny impact I don't I don't know why I never oh, no. I don't I didn't watch the show out. altogether but <laughs> I mean, it is problematic. There's not much of a market for recycled material, so that could be part of it. But anyway, I'm not saying that they're my gurus or my sources of information, but they do make a compelling case. So I, I do recommend that great. episode. Mm -hmm. Good. What else is on your list? Um, well, how about how to feed the mm -hmm. baby? Like, and I'm not just talking about breastfeeding, although that is, I mean, that definitely if you can relax about breastfeeding uh, and I'll probably let you address that one but just it doesn't have to be so stressful everything's yeah. so stressful with your first baby yeah um, but the whole trans transitioning into solid foods and how oh, yeah. with the first baby okay I mean, let me just tell you my classic story of whoa okay like the pediatrician was you know 89 years old and said that at four months old, I should mm -hmm. start feeding rice cereal mm -hmm. to my baby, which I did because that's what I was directed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we moved on from there to, you know, pureed carrots and peas right. and whatnot. One at a time, one food every four days. Right. So yes. you don't get allergies <laughs> and, you know, never give your child eggs and peanuts and all this stuff. So, um, you know, I think that one, I moved through really slowly through the children but by the time I got to the fourth one I was totally on the the baby led leading mm -hmm. bandwagon and I would just give him food off of my plate guacamole yes. green chili yes. <laughs> yeah if he could eat it and it wasn't like a high allergen food you know like I wasn't like a complete idiot about yeah it. but it if he could eat it and it was safe he ate it yeah. And so then he developed a mature palate. Like, 
Yeah, <laughs> I agree completely. I think it's so much time making organic, yes. homemade, yes. so yes. <laughs> just forget it. People let yes. that go. Actually, baby food in general. Don't bother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Uh, that's a good one. I always think that I, well, let's circle back to breastfeeding actually, because you mentioned that. Um, I feel like the, uh, the, at La Leche League always, this phrase comes up, watch the baby, not the clock. Mm-hmm. I think that those are really, really wise words. And just watching your baby, following their leads, going with the flow, surrendering. And the more that you can do that, the yeah. more you'll enjoy breastfeeding. Yes. When you are really trying to control the timing, control how many minutes, thinking too much about four milk and hind milk, thinking too much about all of these things, it's it's not fun. And therefore, it becomes this kind of confrontational or yeah. difficult situation. Yeah. On the flip side, what about when you had milk supply issues? Um, I feel like a certain amount of surrender to that would be helpful, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, so exactly. It's so you have this period, at least I did, but I've, I've known many people who had a similar thing where you like fight it and fight it and fight it and try and try and try and do, you know, pumping and herbs and all of this stuff to try to get it to increase. And sometimes that stuff works, but mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't because you've got a metabolic disorder and it doesn't help. And um, so then it's quite stressful and interferes with your relationship mm-hmm. with your baby and the relationship with breastfeeding, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, when when you get to that point where you can surrender to, this is just what we have to do. We have to feed the baby. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's rule number one. Yes. Feed the baby. Feed the baby so the baby can grow yeah. and get a good brain yeah. and all of the stuff. And then you just, like, accompany that with... Yeah. A really nice breastfeeding relationship. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I am, mm, I don't want to say shifting, Mm -hmm. but I'm watching the impact of trying all the things on, on our clients. And yeah, I keep reiterating, only do this if this feels good to you. If, If it feels like you're doing everything that you can and you want that feeling, then do it. But at some point, if that changes, it's okay. And, and formula isn't poison. Right. It really isn't. It is absolutely, a, you know, second or even a third choice to donor milk. But it is not going to, um, I think that the, the stress around trying to make breastfeeding, exclusive breastfeeding work could impact the relationship more than yeah. uh, complementary feeding or supplementary feeding. I think it's absolutely true. You know, with my third baby, I actually had a pretty decent supply. My second baby, I had a good supply. But my third baby, I was doing okay. But then I got a staph infection in both breasts. Mm-hmm. And it, it ended up destroying. It, I must have a delicate balance with my mm-hmm. milk supply. You're probably living right on the edge yes. because of your hormones. So it had this interruption and then I mm-hmm. could never get it back. And with that baby at seven months. I just gave it up. I was just like, I just mm-hmm. can't. It hurts so much, you know, because of the infection. I just mm-hmm. can't. I cannot pump anymore. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pumping is rough. I yes. I find this this 
trend of exclusive pumping to be so oh, interesting. I can't even imagine. By choice, exclusive pumping I, by choice. No. I don't even get it. I don't understand why it seems easier to pump your milk and then feed it in a bottle. I get it. I get you don't want to nurse in public. I get you don't want to I like I get that piece of it, but it's so much more work. So much work even having to put the milk in a bottle and get it to the right temperature and all of that in public. Yeah. I can't even imagine why that would be easier for anybody. No. No. <laughs> no. Definitely too much. Mm -hmm. Too hard. And the I remember one of my we had a attachment parenting group uh, back in the day. And one of the mothers was exclusively pumping and she would talk about, she did it for six months, which is striking. I mean, that's amazing to keep that up for yeah. six months. But she talked about it at the six month mark being like, I, you know, I'm pumping and he's screaming for me yeah. and having that, like, yeah. I can't actually meet his needs because I'm pumping milk for him. Right. Like it becomes a real disconnect, I yeah. think at a certain point. The timing is all off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just relaxing into whatever it is is working for you. And gosh, we have, boy, we have waxed poetic about breastfeeding and we 100% support you and mm -hmm. support breastfeeding, but it's not in the cards for everyone. And, right. you know, we support everybody's decisions too. Yeah. Or not only decisions, circumstances. Making, right. making the best decision based on your own circumstances. It's just not all the same yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, deciding not to breastfeed because you don't want to be bothered, that feels different, of course. Mm -hmm. it's, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, people yeah. that are having issues. How about the thing, which you probably never experienced this, knowing you, but the thing that I experienced where I had to hide oh. in my car to breastfeed my baby or, like, in the back room at holidays. That's a great one for this. Yes. What I wish I would have known is that I didn't have to yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah, the old men in your life yeah. have, they have to see the side of your boob Screw while you're breastfeeding. Yep. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Yep, it's not just the mojito talking. Yes. <laughs> um, I did, for about three months, feel a little nervous about breastfeeding in public. Um, I knew all the good nursing rooms. So like Nord Nordstrom's had this great nursing room. So we would go to the mall and just walk around and, you yeah. know, that's where we could go. It, it wasn't private, but it was a little off the beaten path. And I did do that for about three months and then it wasn't long before. Yeah. It's so inconvenient. <laughs> it's so inconvenient. And they get hot. My, um, my oldest was born in May and so... That was a whole summer of breastfeeding and covering and all of that. That wasn't going to work for me. So, yeah, I do wish that I hadn't even bothered for those yeah. first few months. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great one. Um, I wish that I knew that there were options for birth other than having an obstetrician at the hospital. I, I literally yeah. didn't really know that. I just, it wasn't on my radar. My Bible was what to expect when you're expecting. Oh, and I know, me too. <laughs> it, it painted such a skewed picture, and yeah. I just didn't... Only weirdos would yeah. do home birth, yes. And not knowing that led to breastfeeding difficulties for us. Oh, that's something I would love to share with all first-time moms, is that what to expect when you're expecting is... A piece of shit. And I can is, say that because we already really, have to click the explicit button. It is really scary, and I hope nobody comes after us for this. It's just, like, so terrifying. I was yeah. scared of so many things after yeah. reading that book. It's fear-based. It's yes. not evidence-based. 
Um, it's interesting. There's a, a book. I think the author's Heidi Oster. Does that sound right? No, no, no. That's a physician in our Emily Oster, maybe. Um, expecting better is what it's oh, called. I'll try clever. to link it to, I'll try to link it to our blog post. Yeah, like it's not a natural birth. Bloom. Yeah. It's not a natural birth book at all, but it is a, it kind of, it kind of breaks down. Like some it is of the okay myths. to take a bath. Or eat lunch meat. Yes, yes. <laughs> or dare I say it? Oh no, don't say it. Sushi. Oh no, I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs> Alcohol. No. She actually I'm... says an occasional drink is probably Whoa. fine. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I don't even know if they... I think that was like this. This constitutes not a recommendation by Metro Midwifery or yes. its affiliates. No. Dot dot dot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a disclaimer ready to go, but uh, it is a good book. I mean, she talks about the research and the statistics and the thing about public health messaging is that it does seek to get the message to as many people as possible and if you just tell people not to drink or if you just tell people not to eat sushi Keep it simple right the messaging is not, easier. there's not like don't eat sushi unless it's from a yeah. good source yeah or, you know, or it's like, once every month or yes, it's whatever yeah. all the caveats are <laughs> don't co-sleep unless you're blah 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 right. It's right. too complicated, and yes. so they're trying to message it for the most good for the most people. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, I think that's a great one. Yeah. I wish that I had napped in my first pregnancy. Oh, like during the pregnancy? Yes. What the heck was I thinking? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I never nap, so. No, I know. <laughs> I'm ruined for life, even with midwifery. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. So that's an easy one, but I wish that I had enjoyed that more and I didn't try to do housework and I didn't try to yeah. do all the things and yeah. make wreaths and <laughs> crafty projects and <laughs> whatever it was I was doing at the time. Just don't even bother with a nursery. That's some advice. Yeah. Like, I know. Some people love it anyway because it's like a home decorating project, but. Yeah. I don't know. You just need some diapers and some boobs and a car seat, car seat, sling, or some sling. kind of baby carrier. Yeah, something to carry your baby in. It's not a car seat. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's not that complicated. No, it's really not. And just enjoying yeah. the time. It goes so fast. I mean, we're going to start sounding like old ladies now, but we are. oh it my gosh, so fast. so fast. My baby's eight. Yeah, my baby's in boot camp. I mean, okay. no, my baby, baby baby is 16. Yeah, but still. And getting his driver's license at the end of this month, and yeah. he's working. He just he just opened a stock account. That's just crazy. <laughs> so, smart, but crazy. Smart, but crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it just, it's really the blink of the eye. It is. It is. I, I remember, oh man, this, I am going to totally sound like an old lady now, but I remember sitting with my youngest when, when he was like a week old and just, I would just cry because I knew, you knew. he was going to grow. Like, it's like, this is going to be gone. I'm not even going to remember this. Like, yeah, it is true. <laughs> but I have to say, I feel like, uh, occasionally I have some regret, like besides the circumcision, occasionally I have some regret that I was a stay at home mom for as many years as I was. And it put us in a pretty precarious financial position um, I mean, I just, I just have more earning potential. That's just the reality right. of our right. life. 
and um, and I gave that up. And it's going to impact my kids, uh, like in terms of college and stuff like that. Oh, right. And because at this yeah. point, I have to prioritize retirement. It's just what right. I have to do. So, I mean, I do have some regret about that. On the other hand, I don't regret a second that I spent with them or a second that I prioritized them. And so, you know, even though I really derailed myself financially, it, um, it is something that I don't regret. And it's something that I, uh, I do have some conflict around, but Mm -hmm. it also led me to midwifery. Yeah. I mean, I would probably be like, you know, mid-management in the federal like government right now. In, in the White House right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go there, President Nedra. Bartlett. Bartlett. <laughs> oh, yes, that's better. Okay, thank you. Oh, I would love to work for President Bartlett. I mean, right, there, right. If I had stayed on my political path, it could yes. have been a thing for sure. Well, I always work. And sometimes, many times I worked at home, which is also really weirdly difficult, as many people are finding out right now. But I always, always worked. I never had maternity leave for any mm-hmm. length of time. I, you know, I had, at least I had my laptop out days after my babies were born. Wow. And in some cases, I was going to births in the first three Right. Weeks, you were you doing know. that with your last, I remember. Yeah. So, I have lots of regrets about that, but I... Yeah. I wish I had taken the time, but you have to put food on the table, you know, like. It's right. Not, I mean, that yeah. is a symptom of our society yeah. and it's unacceptable. Yeah. It it's unacceptable. It yeah. And you yeah. did what you had to do. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. So there's a price, there's a price to pay either way. Yes. Honestly. Yes, absolutely. So. Uh, I think that's all I had. Do you have anything else that you wish well, that you. Well, I mean, I just want everybody to just know. Uh, the solution to most problems is just to hold your baby. Yeah. And feed your baby. Just hold the baby. Yeah. Love yes. the baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, I started to say, <laughs> I started to say, I do have some, I, you know, I question everything. That's just my nature. Yeah. But I know that the bond that I've built over the past 20 years with my kids, 23 years with my kids is super strong. I mean, we are really close. The fact that I know about the circumcision and right. sexual. Right stuff it says a lot about it says a lot about our relationship yeah and it's hard like it's hard to um know what's going on in your kid's life but the alternative is worse yeah so so I you know I made some I adapted to this kind of uh responsive way of life and and I'm really glad I did because it has I'm really close to my kids now they're really close to me like Liam says I'm his person for Grey's Anatomy oh, that's fans. so sweet. Yeah. I know. It's the best compliment ever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, keep it up. It yes. There will be a payoff. It is hard. And you won't regret it. Yes. Agreed. All right. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.